0: Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to the third episode of the BGF Five Gear Lockdown Talks. We're here with a very special guest today from Norway. I'll introduce him in a minute. My name is Misha. I'm here with my co-host Jan, aka the Human Forklift. Um, also, welcome to the show. And if you uh, if you like the show so far, you like this episode, make sure you subscribe to the channel. The Gear Experts. And uh, leave the comments below in the, in the comments here if you uh, would like to see a certain guest in the future or you have some comments about what we're discussing today, some questions. There's something uh, being torn down here in the back. I hope you guys are not too disturbed by the noise. Um, <laughs> but without further ado, our next guest is one of the most famous jiu-jitsu competitors, um, especially at the moment coming up, but he's been kind of coming up for, for a while gathering medals throughout the different belts uh, and well known for innovative techniques including the of course the Plata, Oplata uh, kind of signature Tarek Hopstock won every golden medal uh, possible in blue belts uh, um, including worlds and Europeans and, and been collecting medals all over the world ever since um,
1: didn't go for worlds, I didn't do worlds as a blue didn't belt worlds
0: all right Okay. No. Just correction there. <laughs> it's okay. But pretty much everything else, I could say. Uh, you took home bronze in your division and silver in the absolute. Did the last Europeans uh, as a brown belt um, IBGF Europeans. And uh, we had your teammate over Hussein from Frontline Academy, training in the same team, but of course in a different uh, uh, a different city. You're in uh, Bergen. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, you had multiple prestigious invite-onlys that you competed in, including Polaris and many others. And uh, you had your DVD coming out, BGA Athletics. Um, welcome, Tarek. F- thank you for uh, joining us today.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a journey so far. And uh, yeah, thank you, guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How-, how are you doing right now? How's your life during the lockdown and, uh, it's actually yeah, was it's pretty
1: cool and chill. Like, uh, to be honest, I think that was the best thing that could happen for my schoolwork. Because right. I'm like, this is my bachelor degree that I like the last semester of my bachelor. So I have to write my bachelor thesis. And I just finished one like big paper. And I'm so happy that I'm like, put it away. So now I only have the bachelor th- thesis to write. And, mm-hmm. and so not having all the competitions and traveling and seminars and stuff like this, um, does help you kind of focus on one side, yeah, but, uh, but at the same time I miss it really badly. Uh, but, but I have like, like I can't complain cause I have, uh, my girlfriend to train with. I have like everything around me. I, I managed to train strength and conditioning three times a week and uh, to be honest i'm actually gaining some weight the muscles so right. that's good
0: heavy weights be
1: aware yeah man like like <laughs> now yesterday i think i was 85 and oh, that was that was like a shorts and and t-shirt so like not even with the on. and uh <laughs> and i mean I, i've been and doing is, doing is that all muscle
0: or are you also catching up on uh on your snacks and netflixing and
1: like like i i do i maybe i do eat more now cuz i have more time to cuz i basically i'm at home so i can like eat whenever i need to eat and there's nothing like making yeah. me wait between the different meal times uh but um but also i think it's because now that i do the strength and, uh, strength and conditioning i also have the time to rest in between the sessions so my body recovers more and builds up even further cuz I would combine it with jujitsu, jitsu and then therefore I wouldn't get the full effect of the strength and conditioning. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. And also like I've, I've done a lot of rehab things like, like stabilization uh, training and it, I think it's good for my body because before I would have like some quirks because I only place like guard on one side. And uh my body becomes kind of like in, like not so symmetrical, you know, and one leg is stronger than the other or more flexible than the other, and therefore you get injured somehow in the end but yeah And you so,
0: think it's good to uh to really recover on some long term injuries now
1: yeah like i have been lucky that with the that I haven't had any long term injuries uh like as a blue belt, I did have a shoulder that was bad like i i got popped my shoulder out of place displacement. But, uh, like it took me a year perhaps before I managed to get it like completely fine. Uh, but, but, uh, other than that, I've just had like some ankle locks and some like some foot locks that have been really bad. And then I had to limp for a couple of weeks and then back to training. Yeah. So, okay. Kind of lucky there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, so, so what would a normal day look like? You You mentioned what you're doing right now. Like, How would it? How does it compare to uh, like a normal day outside of COVID crisis, but just normal training, your normal routine?
1: I I think uh, for me now is because I have the routine that I always train uh, like uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and uh, I do a lot of high intensity training like um, Tabata. Like that's one sort of high-intensity training method that I like to use, but I only do that on Saturdays because if I did it every second day, I would die. But uh, but uh, it's it's uh, super good and, and uh, it's a way of like training in a very short amount of time, uh, amount of time, and getting the, as much results as possible. Uh, that. And uh, I believe also it's kind of it forces you to to work on a different uh, intensity like that's similar to jiu-jitsu. So you're always like pushing yourself while like the traditional strength training that I like to do as well is more of a lift rest. And then you're not really actually sweating. You're, you're just feeling tired in your muscles, you know? And, uh, that one is really good too. And maximum that, that one is good for maximal strength, but I believe the one that I'm doing now is better for high, like a lot of repetitions, high intensity and, and, uh, more of that kind of situation wise. Right. Awesome.
0: Yeah. I'd like to talk to you more about strength training also later on at the end of the interview, I have a a surprise question by one of our previous guests. Um, So (laughs) if if you talk about normal day, like outside of lockdown, what, what does it look for you in terms of uh, how do you divide sparring, drilling, uh, specific
1: training? So what I would do uh, usually is I have uh, on a normal day, let's say uh, Monday, for example, I would go maybe uh, train in the morning or go to school in the morning, depending on how my schedule is set up. And then I would uh, probably not do much rounds, maybe maximum two rounds depending on uh, the sparring or, or how it is mm-hmm. um, compared to the competition coming up. But then I would also like wait with the hard sparring for the night. So it's more drilling focused more technical focused on the mornings and then uh on the nights or the evening class i would do the hard sparring right but then comes tuesday which tuesday i will usually do the strength training uh on the morning and so i don't want to spar as hard as i did on monday night so i want to i want to kind of keep it cool on on tuesday nights so it's more it is of course sparring but it's not like it's not like i'm trying to kill myself doing it you know just so, the others so it's uh it's more of a technical try to put yourself in certain situations where you know you're you're working on something you're trying to improve yourself technically and and uh, like for example i was horrible in 50 50 so i would i would like force myself to get into like 50 50 positions with uh with uh, people here uh my professor here in bergen and like just try, 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 doesn't work, go back and then try, 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 you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Did you always so, train
0: like that since you started as a white belt or? or
1: no, like- no, no. Like like we, I, I have been through a lot of different uh, different methods of training in my life. Like, I think as a white belt and as a because as, I went through the kids' belts as well. Uh, yellow and orange but not green, but I, I got yellow and orange and then blue. Right. But uh, when I got my blue belt, I was still just training a lot and not necessarily thinking about the quality of the training. Like, I think, of course, the more you spend time on something, you you will definitely improve. But I think, to some degree, I I also hurt myself, my like like uh, physically, by training more. Like, because uh, I had I ended up having tendonitis, like inflamed muscles here right. in both of my arms. Uh, for some period of time, uh, which took a long time to recover from. Uh, not not an injury, but it's more of a, like, it, it's just always there preventing you from performing well. And, and uh, foot locks started hurting, surgical plata started hurting, and you, you just have to, like, kind of avoid those submissions. But seeing as stubborn as I was when I was a blue belt, I would still go for those submissions, and I would just make the problems worse, you know? And uh, so uh some lessons I learned doing that, you know, and uh, and and then I learned also to let myself recover, I also need to think quality over quantity. You know, we only have so limited amount of time during the day. And it, like I could I can of course come and just drill whatever and then go and spar and basically go back to the things that I used to do before, but that's not gonna make me improve, right? having a focus and being there present, thinking about what you want to work on exactly will help you out uh, quite a bit. So I think uh, that's that's kind of the, the biggest difference mentality-wise right. uh, from uh, a little else.
0: Yeah. and Do you think that's similar for most people or does everybody have a different way of developing towards that kind of uh, way of training where you're really methodologically you uh, systematically go through uh developing mm-hmm. your techniques
1: i think people people are different for sure like like uh not everybody learned the same way uh sometimes i think a lot of the details uh, i can show something to people right and and one thing is like what i show is what i know i'm showing but a lot of the things i can be do I, I do stuff that i don't necessarily know what i'm doing but i do them right so it's kind of like uh uh, the knowledge that I feel and, and my body knows, but I don't necessarily explain it well. Right. But then as soon as somebody sees me uh, teaching it and they're like, yeah, but you do this exact uh, detail there and there, you know, and then I'm like, yeah, you have a good point. it that, that is true. Uh, hey guys, look at this, this detail here. Right. Right. And, and I think uh, it, that detail wasn't necessarily pointed out for me, but It's important for somebody else, perhaps, you know, and, and I think there's uh, some things that people are going to pick up quite easily and there, there's other things they won't pick up as easily and everybody progresses differently depending on subject, depending on, you know, it could be just your, your day, you know, like how, how was your day? it, was it stressful? And then perhaps you're not going to actually learn so much because your mind is somewhere else, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think there's a lot of um, factors that comes in play. So there, there's no like easy solution to that one.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And if if we uh, uh, go back to like your your normal routine, is it is it pretty much like that going through the year, or do you have a lot of variation working towards a competition and then a bit of a resting time afterwards? Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, what I try to do is um, I want to maintain my strength the, up towards the competitions, but I don't want it to hurt my jiu-jitsu training. Like I don't want it to uh, to prevent me from going hard when I'm going to spar, right? So so uh, the important part is to kind of lower down the load in in the strength training. You could do some explosive sets. You can do some some uh, high repetitions, but not not necessarily having heavy weights, you know. And then uh, you can do the sparring beside it. And I would usually, I would cut down to two days a week of of, uh, strength training instead of three, because that would just maintain and not build, you know, because I still want to be strong, but I don't want to build up at that period. But say after uh, the competition season is over, or let's say there's a little gap of two, three months, then I will go back to build up the strength and focus a little bit more there and more basics. And, and also for my motivation, I wanna, I wanna be more playful in jiu-jitsu wise, like not too much about strategy, not too much about like fixing the small uh, things that I need to do in my game, but more about just doing what I love for the love of it. And I think that helps me come back also for the next season. So when, so when the, when the competition season is back in, uh, then I'm strong and also motivated to start competing again. But Now in the quarantine, this has been just like a huge buildup time. So I've just had like <laughs> a lot of time to do strength training, eat well, sleep well, and, and no traveling, nothing that interrupts the, the routines.
0: Yeah, because how do you keep saying during this time? Do you have do you do some kind of uh, morning motivation or like do you have any rituals like that?
1: I don't know. Like I have I have like uh, I have ambitions here and there, and I have things like uh, that I wanted to work on, and and um, like I'm working a little bit on a web page that I'm doing and a YouTube channel, and there's going to be some cool stuff coming up there, uh, but. Um, besides that you know like i i love to do gaming as well so there's i mean there there's always something to do I, i'm not the person that feels too isolated uh like i'm a people's person for sure but but i'm i'm not an extrovert i'm a i'm an introvert on some areas just to say uh but uh i guess like uh, especially now that we have we have started opening up for solo drills at the academy so i'm teaching a little bit now. Um, Solo drills and uh, it's nice oh, cool. to see people again. You know, talk. And, yeah,
0: uh, I mean, must like really it's happy. not the
1: same as jiu-jitsu It's just a four. It's like forty-five minutes of warm up. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I think a lot of the people have uh have a lot to gain from it because I think uh, now you, it's the time you can like like go really into detail and learning how to shoot for a takedown. You know, not hurting your knees when you drop down and all those small things. Now's the right time to fix that. So I think uh, yeah. Yeah, this a, is keeping me sane
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well that's a very positive way to, uh, to approach it also I think that will help a lot of people to, to, get, to get through this uh, that are really itchy for going back to training yeah. um, you, you, you mentioned uh, your different interests also uh, in yeah, life yeah. so outside of Jiu Jitsu how do you see yourself 10-20 years from now it's definitely going to be your own gym and seminars or do you my, might go into a different direction in life
1: uh No, no, I, I'm definitely going to try a lot to do within Jiu-Jitsu. Like, um, I'm finishing up my bachelor's degree now. So, so uh, and it's it's in physical education. Uh, and so it's been very connected to what I already do in one way, because I, I learned about how to teach and I learned about, like, the, the physiology, the, the, like, things that are basically what I want to learn about because of Jiu-Jitsu, you know? And, and uh, I, I think having that education really helped me out to develop uh, jiu-jitsu-wise as well. And how to uh, approach teaching in a different manner and, and more of a uh, systematic approach the way they do in schools. Uh, and so, uh, like... In the future, I don't know if I'm ever going to open up a gym, but, like, the reason I say this is because I, I'm always thinking, like, there's so much drama, there's so much stuff to, like, fix when you have a, your own gym and yeah. you're responsible for it compared to when you're just an instructor at somebody else's gym. It's much nicer because you're just there doing your job, jujitsu, and go back home, you know? So uh, I'm not saying, like, like uh, no to it, but I'm saying, like, right right now that seems more of a less complicated road to take right and
0: that's also possible at frontline right it's a really huge full-time gym where you could definitely have a have a full-time paid instructor on and have that kind of career
1: so so uh the this like the we have one here in bergen which is on the west coast of norway and so we have uh, uh I don't know how many members we have post Corona, but like before the Corona, we had uh, around 340 members, I believe, and uh, it, it's it, it's growing like it's super good. And uh, I I'm mainly responsible for the Nogi. and uh, so I had nogi classes four times a week, and then I teach some of the gay classes here and there, especially when somebody's traveling or something like that. That's also one thing. If you have your own gym, you're you can't travel as much anymore, right? You don't. You're really like stuck in one place in one way. So uh, no, like uh, definitely uh, cool to work into in the Jiu-Jitsu community.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. I um, I heard a, a story about you about your youth, which which was very interesting to me to hear for me to hear when you were in Morocco and you had to escape um, back to Norway. I don't know if you wanna tell us something about that, but maybe there's some kind of interesting jiu-jitsu story that you remember, something that happened kind of off the mat that you say, okay, I'll never forget that again. That was such a laugh or so crazy yeah. that that happened.
1: Yeah, like, um, so not a lot of people know, the, know my story, you know, like, and it's not something I, I, I always talk about but but my closest friends they always joke about it with me you know uh, they make so many dad jokes <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyways um long story short um so me and my family we moved down to morocco and we were supposed to live there for a year and the things didn't turn out too well between my mom and my dad and so my mom had to leave uh and to like release some of the tension and uh yeah, we were supposed to stay there for a year, but my dad decided not to send us off after a year, so we stayed there for uh, two more years and uh yeah, basically after attempting one escape, we failed and then the second time we we managed to succeed. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got uh we got away and uh yeah, back to Norway.
0: Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Did did that uh have a lot of influence on you that that experience or is it something I think for you? like
1: I did have a very strange perspective in life uh, as a kid. You know, like I didn't really care about the same things everybody cared about. And uh, coming back home, school didn't seem like much to me. But but uh, in one way, I think it was really good that I found jujitsu because it was a place that I felt like I belonged. You know, and and Teta just took me in straight away. And uh, like it's something really funny that he said to me one time when he found out about my story. So he was like, "Yeah, now you went from the frying pan into the fire." <laughs> so he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna make you train harder." Uh, but it was it was a, it was good times for sure. And uh, I was 15 when I started training, and uh, you know, like like I didn't really have any ambitions or anything in life to work up towards. You know, like I, my my idea was just to live day by day and and uh, like didn't matter it didn't matter what I did in school you know but uh, but then um, what Teta did was he he forced us basically to to uh, put more effort into our education so one day he said like he would uh, he would uh, suspend us if we didn't do better (laughs) in school (laughs) so I was like okay fine fine I'm gonna do school I'm gonna (laughs) fix it I'm gonna do my make my grades improve my grades or all of that, you know, and uh, I think that was a, like a super good move from his uh, his side, you know, as a coach. Uh, like one thing, I, I I listen to my mom, of course, but but it's a different thing when your 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 coach tells you to do something, and uh, he kind of has that that uh, ability to force you out of the academy if he wants to, you know. And then I'm like, no, 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 yes. <laughs> I need to, I need to train. I want just to keep training here uh and that was also the time like me and my friend alex we were drilling in the mornings all the time and and i think even sometimes we skip school to to train you know so i think it was smart super smart
0: (laughs) right yeah and is he your professor is he's is he tough on everybody or is it different between like more recreational students and the ones that he sees okay these are really gonna break through possibly
1: no, like, like, that's the beauty of, of Frontline Academy. Like, there is, uh, there's a very strong competition team, for sure. Uh, and, and, like, he's going to be hard on you when you're in the competition team or the competition class because that's why, why it's there, you know? But we also have the family guys. We also have the hobby guys. We have, we have classes for only people over 30. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a super cool class. Like that's that's the chill and drill and uh, some sparring class, you know. But I mean, of course, if you come to the competition classes, the the um, in the morning or or depending on the time, but the competition classes is, is gonna be like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna take him down, do a pass, get a submission, you know, and then you're gonna do that for fifteen minutes, and then next off you're gonna do some sparring, and then it's just like it, it's only just competition competition kind of thinking very very strategical uh and you should have a certain amount of uh, knowledge before you go there you know so usually it's purple belt and up
0: right yeah so so there's really a a difference between those two uh, types of of uh, students
1: yeah but at the same time i think the cool thing is that anybody can go on each one, you know? So you kind of like, you can steer it yourself. If you, if you want to have a chill day, you can go to the, the plus 30 class or you can go to the intermediate class or like there, there's different kinds of levels, but, but um, yeah, I think, I think it's uh, cool to have the different levels because it basically invites the different people that have different ambitions in life. You know, you don't want to put up uh the competition dude with one of the hobbyists and and the hobbyist guy is going to feel terrible because he's just getting smashed, you know, and and, because the other guy is clearly there to train for competition. And then it's, it's just a uh, collision of intentions, you know, while when you have a, have a class that's dedicated to one certain thing, even if it's a competition dude coming to that class, he knows that's, that's that class for the guys over 30. So he has to respect that and then treat them like it's, that kind of class, you know, while if it's just any class, you know, people are going to do whatever they want. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Got it. I, I, I guess already, uh, because you've been competing at quite a high level and, and collecting medals already since you were a, a lower belt. Um, I guess you, um, you've always been a bit in the, in the spotlight at the Academy, like the prodigy and the, 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 one of the, one of the better or maybe the best competitor. Um, but you've also been in that kind of spotlight on a, on a bigger level, like on a European level as one of the upcoming or one of the most exciting competitors uh, in your belt, in your division. Um, People, I can imagine people kind of also after a while, if you have been uh, collecting medals, people expect something from you. Is it, is it (laughs) something you feel pressured with or how do you deal with that?
1: like, that's the thing, like you, you might feel pressured that people expect you to win or expect you to, to, to do better. But in reality, it's all about yourself and the, your opponent on the mat. You know, like, like you can't be thinking about all the other things outside. And, and I know like, like a lot of people compete usually to, to impress others. And, and uh, oh, let me fix this. There now, my name says on the screen, and I know a lot of people um, like compete for a, for a confirmation from their coach or from from their family or from uh, friends, you know, and and the reality is, I think if that's your motivation, I don't think you will ever be ever ever be satisfied. No, you're always doing it to to make somebody else happy, but the moment you do it to make yourself happy, that's that's when you can actually succeed you know because the reality is that you can control yourself better than you can control everybody else that's just how it is that's how life is and and uh that's why i think having those expectations to yourself uh like if it's if it's me expecting something from myself that's fine you know like i have certain expectations but but thinking about others expectations to you that's just going to destroy you in the long run Cause, cause uh, there's always going to be, ah, oh, what, what is he thinking about me? How is he, uh, what will he say after I did that match? Or, you know, like it's, it's always going to be negative thoughts and then it's going to spiral down and somehow you're, you're going to end up not liking what you're doing in the end. So I, uh, for me, I think it's really important to, to do it for, for your own sake and for, for the reasons to, or the right reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. What's Because there's obviously also people that uh, they do it for themselves and they are motivated. They really have the goal to become a world champ or to become really good at a higher level in jiu-jitsu. What's the difference or what's the main reason or the one factor that can actually get you there, would you say, instead of maybe slipping out or stopping halfway? How do you go all the way? Because it's not something you do in a year or in two years. You have to go after it for, for a long time and, and many hours a day, week after week, after year after year?
1: Mm, it's it's definitely, it's a process, you know, and, and it's building habits uh, day after day, loving your habits. That's one thing as well. Like, uh, I hear a lot of people say that, yeah, strength training is super, super, uh, like, uh, boring. You're just doing the same thing again and again, and it's like, it's like, uh yeah, it's not like jujitsu. It's not the complexity. It's not like you're submitting someone or choking someone, you know. And and uh, I think you, of course, you have to bite a sour apple here and there and do some boring stuff just so that you could be better, you know. But I think you have to learn to like the habits that you do and and see the progress in it, see the goals in it, see see the fruits that it bears from from uh, doing it day by day and and pushing through. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's no easy task. It takes, it takes a special kind of mentality. And I think a lot of people who, who really, really try to be big and, and really go for it, but, but then they don't see the progress. Uh, they really like they look down on themselves and then they kind of like get demotivated. And usually it's because everybody else is making progress beside you, you know, because we're all in this race, right? And then you look to the side, but the guy is still there right beside you. You're thinking, man, I'm not running fast enough. I'm I'm not running fast enough. And I think if you always compare yourself to the people next to you, you're not going to see how far you're going to progress. Like you have to compare yourself uh, to who you were in the past. You can look at your matches. You can look at whatever you did before, and then you're like, wow, I've progressed so far since that day. And, and, uh, imagine what I can do ahead, you know? I think, uh, also, <laughs> when I watch my old matches, I'm like cringing, you know, like, why, why did I do this? Oh my God. You know, but that means you progress, you know, because already then, you know, like I should have done something else in that situation or that position. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of things, small things that are gonna make it easier
0: right, do you watch a lot of matches?
1: yeah, or it depends. Sometimes I watch a lot of matches and then I go for a little period that I don't watch a lot of matches uh and now it's been a little bit less to watch out there, you know like like i've been I've been watching some old matches uh like recently I watched um uh, Bruno Malfacine versus coyotera. 2013, I believe, Worlds, um, which is a super cool match, um, which is, tie, ties out to uh, two advantages each or something like that. And, and, uh, and Bruno wins it, but in ref decision. But uh, like uh, stuff like that, I love to watch old matches as well. Do you usually focus on uh, sorry, matches from your own weight class when you study matches or... Do you watch the lighter weights? No, I I watch a lot of uh, different ones for sure. Like if I'm studying my opponent, then of course it would be my weight division. But but I like I like to watch uh, bigger guys, smaller guys. Uh, Like I I try to look at specific uh, people. Like uh, you can see um, there. There's a certain game that I like to study or something like that. Then I will look at the guy who does it the most. You know. Like, for example, the Coyote guard, which is uh, infamous um, uh, half guard by, by um, Lucas Leitch. And, uh, like, that's a guy to go and watch, you know. Like, I go straight to his highlights, to his matches, just to see how he enters the position, what he does from that position. And the guy is super good at it, you know. So there's a lot to learn from it.
0: And there's, there's, uh, you do that to other competitors, uh, but obviously you have become such a person yourself that people look up to certain, uh, signature techniques. And already since Purple Belt, I think, uh, certain techniques have been named after you or, or you, you gave your own flavor to them. Um, and you seem to be using different submissions also, yeah, like during different times. or at least a focus on on different things. Uh, Does that kind of evolve naturally or do you go through that very strategically? Like I want to develop my game this way and uh, how how does it come about?
1: (laughs) It's a little bit of coincidence. And and of course, um, I'm very like, like I, I think especially blue belt and purple belt, I was very tunnel visioned. Like I would go for one thing and one thing only. And I think that kind of made me a little bit ahead of the most of the people because i had a plan and that was the plan that's the thing i'm going to do you know like and and every time something happens i would still work my way towards that submission you know while i think a lot of people in the blue belt are more of a like oh let's see what happens and then that's the plan you know but i i, I really stuck to the plan i stuck to one plan <laughs> And so so, as a blue belt, I only did dar strokes for a while, like like uh London open back in the day um i had it was a weekend, so so we had like nogi gi, and uh, and we had open weight the weight division, open weight weight division, so four divisions, and uh I had eighteen matches, and eight of them, I did the dar stroke, so like. In total, I was doing DARS as much as possible all the time. And, and uh, slowly, what happened also in my gym is that people started knowing that it, well, I wanted to darse, uh, people, right? And so when that happens, they give me a certain, um, like, different reaction. And that would force me to develop a different kind of uh, submission or a different kind of setup. So I think that's the natural uh, development when I'm doing these techniques that it forces me to do different things. And then therefore I end up in this, uh, this or this situation. One example is, for example, from bottom, uh, I like to go for the third plata from on the on their left arm or to my right. Right. But what happened a lot is people started defending by leaning back and like hiding their arm. So fair enough, I can't catch the arm anymore. But what happened then is that I started to look for the legs. So the leg was there, and then I would manage to go in for the locks. So it's a, it's a very, when you look at it that way, it's a very natural development when somebody takes away the reaction and then they're giving you a different thing, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Is it, um, if you compare it to maybe some other grappling arts, wrestling, judo, Uh, of course you can have a different style and techniques but it's a lot more fixed like okay these are the handful of techniques that are successful in competition this is how we drill 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 and do this and that Jiu Jitsu seems to be a lot more playful and more developing still in terms of uh, uh, players trying out different techniques or new, new things being developed do you think there's some kind of we're gonna reach a certain plateau plateau within the sport that it's still kind of uh, not to use it as a bad word but like immature in that sense or do you think mm. that's just the nature of jiu jitsu that it's always going to be uh, keeping developing
1: i think there's there's always going to be a key to developing for for sure i think what we're going to see is we're going to see uh, a core there's going to be a little core of certain moves that's going to be very efficient and 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 uh, natural to to build a foundation around right like there's certain submission like armbar and triangle you're not gonna you're not gonna not learn them when you're learning jujitsu right those are those are like just they're there you need to look le- you need to learn them right but then comes specialization right outside of this little core you're gonna see people leaning to one or the other kind of uh games right would it be Spider Guard or it would be like Lasso or, or for example, De La Hiva? you know? Like, I think uh, what happens is we all build this kind of core. And then from there on, we branch out, basically. And when you're branching out, innovation is going to come at some point. And I'm not saying like everybody follows your path, but at some point, uh, these branches touch in certain points, Right. So one thing leads to the other. And then the, like, so everybody finds their way through the branches, but it's not necessarily, it's, it's going to be unique for everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Different routes. So it's going to be cool to see. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. To see Jiu Jitsu 10 years from now. Yeah. Uh, we, we got a, a few questions from followers on, on Instagram. And Ooh. Ooh. Forklift uh, is going to set those up.
1: Yeah. We got uh, two social media questions for you the first one is from the Groot bae this this uh, question is what are you currently working on BGJ wise currently working on bj wise so um i've been working a little bit of lapel guards so i've been doing some uh, squid guard worm guard and uh, actually i've been trying this little new guard as well um it's like a reverse lasso in a sense uh, but I don't know if it has a name Uh people call it different things and then there's also one guard by I think Cayo has been doing it for a time and uh, John Thomas uh, the YouTube guy has also posted a little bit about it he calls it the device guard uh, and uh, yeah just there's a lot of cool things to try out like for sure and uh, I'm, I'm trying to drill them with my girlfriend as well so she complains a little bit here and there, but especially now that I'm 85 kilos. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a couple of cool things that I, I'm, I'm trying to work on. And uh, The second question is from Brando Commando BJJ. Would you consider fighting Tynan Dalpra at the next, who is number one event? If that's possible. <laughs> yeah actually uh so i wanted to do that like because uh, because one of the guys had to step out from the fight to win and uh, the thing is that flow grappling they don't pay you the trip or anything like that for you so at that point i i was thinking about trying to ask if i could step in but at the same time i was like okay i have potentially a job a seminar in a different place that i could like so so financially it was a better choice not to go for a fight to win but um who knows maybe in the future i would love to do it you you might have to uh, cut weight though i think for sure like like when they're hosting it in the u.s it's it's easier for people to or it's easier for them to bring the athletes from around uh, that area but um like i don't care like traveling for that i would i would do it for sure Awesome. awesome
0: We have a question from our previous guest, Martin Bowers. Um, yeah, he uh, he talked a lot about strength training himself. He's actually, you might know, he's he's really into that, and he, he's writing an ebook at the moment about jujitsu-specific strength training. And obviously, he was very interested in how you approached that. You already uh, talked a little bit about that in the beginning, but maybe can you tell us a little bit more about your strength training uh, during general times? Do you do powerlifting? and do you also do other things on the side of that like crossfit or uh calisthenics or something like that
1: hey, there's a i mean there's certain things that i want to learn for sure just for my own uh interests like like uh muscle ups and rings and stuff like this i just i just want to learn it so that that's why i try to do it but it, it like um learning the fall grip calisthenics like uh, when you're in the rings can be really good for your jujitsu, actually like I don't know if you guys know from like the kimura grip you do basically this kind of position with your hands and it's it's pretty much like a false grip that you learn to be super strong from you know so there's certain things that have um, have uh, some relation to what you do in jiu-jitsu and can help you out but uh, when it comes to strength training like what i did before beside uh, like before uh, corona times I would do uh, maximal strength uh, training, which means heavy load, uh, few repetitions, and and uh, four or five sets depending on what it is. I would choose like core uh, exercises or like the base exercises. I mean like uh, deadlift, squats, uh, bench press, and uh, and like just like stick to those core exercises. Uh, some hip thrusts, stuff like that, that. are that is super. Like it's specific, uh, it's, it's good for jiu Like you you can see the relation between hip thrusts and jiu jitsu, it's, it's very natural uh, movement in between the both of them. And uh, I guess, like on Saturdays, I would do the high intensity training where I would uh, make my pulse go really high, and this would be a great way to push. Uh, like, there's something called the lactic threshold, which is basically the point where you're pushing your body so hard that your your muscles are almost like uh, stiffening up. And when you do that often, you can push that limit a little bit higher each time, right? Which allows you to work on a higher level uh, and even longer. And so uh, so I believe that's important also for Jiu-Jitsu. And, and therefore, uh, very high intensity becomes a, a, like something that I do on a Saturday because it's natural to have a rest day after that so sunday would be the day i'd be no jiu-jitsu and no strength training you know
0: yeah makes a lot of sense uh
1: yeah it's important to kind of like spread them out throughout your week and 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 make it balanced with all the other things that you're doing so that you get enough rest get enough uh food you know you have to be able to to get in some meals right after the the trainings and uh i mean jiu-jitsu is gonna Jiu Jitsu jujitsu is gonna freeze your gains. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna grow muscles as fast as if you did it only during training, right? Uh, and and I think that's fine because you get better at jujitsu at the same time, but then comes periods where you have to focus on one or the other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, speaking about food, uh that's kind of Martin's follow-up question. He's uh very interested in he, he says You eat very healthy, but your portions are very small. I don't know where he saw that, but apparently your meals are not that big. (laughs) And he was wondering, like, is it because you're a light, a relatively light athlete, you're getting heavier now, compared to him at least,
1: or Uh, uh, are you are you like cutting? (laughs) No, but it's 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 uh, it's true to some degree. Like I could probably eat more uh, some days. Um, So if I'm going to be like super specific i'm around 360 calories no 3600 calories a day and uh i mean it's it depends you know like some days you're going to work out harder you would need more to fill up and and uh like i try to eat eat as clean as possible. But I also like, I, I'm like during the times like this, I don't have any motivation to stay eating clean. So I will eat a chocolate here and there. No matter. Like it doesn't matter. But as long as I eat the good food as well as the chocolate, that's good. You know? So I think uh, the important part is not to replace the good food with uh, junk. Basically, if you eat the junk on top of the the healthy food, uh, I feel like it's no problem. Uh, unless you're trying to go down in weight, of course. But in my case, it doesn't matter at the moment. But do you follow, you
0: <laughs> because uh, in terms of the good food, do you follow a, s- a certain diet, like vegan or like special foods uh, you don't touch?
1: I I, I basically just go uh, as protein and uh, like protein rich food, um, like healthy carbs, try not to try not to like go to the bad things, you know, like, uh, what's it called saturated fats and and uh you know I try to make food at home basically that's that's the key there. Yeah fresh uh, ingredients. Like I, I try to make pizza dough out of egg, uh quark and um oatmeal. Right. So, so it's it's like it's like one way of making pizza, you know? There's people who make pizza dough out of kale, but I don't know how that works. I still haven't tried it. Yeah. But, but, but the point is, like, things are endless when it comes to possibilities with food. To be honest, and uh, there's always like some way you can change it up and make it healthier, in a sense. Uh, but at the same time, important to get all the calories and 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 enough carbs, enough proteins, enough fats, and and depending on how you want to balance between those three uh yeah it depends that's the difference between the diets i feel like a lot of the diets are different when it comes to how much you have of those three you know some will be no carbs some will be no fat some will, like most of them all of them have protein though <laughs> protein is always there yeah 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 but but if it's 50 percent to 30 percent, that's that's the difference when it comes to those those diets
0: right understood we have uh, our final uh, already. Our final section of the interview, the Shark Tank. I have a few really short questions. You can answer two or three words max, and uh, just your f- oh, the sorry. first idea that, that, <laughs> that pops in your head at that moment.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Adcc or IBGF? Uh, IBGF. Jokes or locks? Uh, locks. Favorite technique?
1: Uh, Tucker Obvious. Obviously.
0: <laughs> uh, favorite competitor?
1: Oh, Lucas Leppard. Favorite sushi? Uh, sumo. Right. Sumo sushi. <laughs> All <laughs> of them.
0: <laughs> nice. My sponsor. Your sponsor, sponsor right? Shout out. Yeah. Uh, your toughest opponent so far?
1: Uh, uh, la, 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 let me take Jonathan's Gracie, for sure.
0: Knee reaping in the gi?
1: Knee reaping in the gi? Uh, no.
0: What do Norwegians think about Swedish jiu-jitsu?
1: Uh, it's good it's okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> should the gyms reopen
1: like now uh, cautiously very cautiously uh, I think it's important to do it uh, in a proper manner
0: yeah yeah step by step yeah you, you already mentioned that you guys are starting the first steps so I really hope yeah. uh, Norway but also the rest of the world of course can can reopen soon in a in a healthy manner of course
1: yeah i think i think it's important just to like uh to to don't like I'm not saying that it's uh it's it's gonna necessarily kill anyone but let's say if something happens imagine what kind of rumor you would set to your academy if somebody got sick and died you know from oh yeah being at your academy that i th- i think that can ruin your reputation pretty bad you know and uh i mean it's better to be cautious and I think it's also more it tells people that you're taking the, the, the say, like the safety regulations and people will be feeling more safe to come over to your classes. So I think there's a couple of good things to it as well as not getting the coronavirus.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. It's, uh, once' this all is over, really the last question? Uh, yeah. What's the first competition? just keeping in mind what you see, how do you see it developing right now the, uh, the lifting of the lockdown? What's the first competition you're going to be focusing on?
1: Uh, I don't know. Europeans 2021. I think that's what's it looks like. That's what's coming. You know, like uh, maybe maybe we get to see some of the Nogi season uh, this year. But uh, from the looks of it, I mean, October, September, it, lo- it doesn't look like there's happening anything then. So probably we'll take even further. Uh, or longer time until things are back. Yeah. So perhaps by 2021, uh, Europeans will be back. <laughs>
0: right. Okay. Yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it's a. It's a long time, it seems. But I guess also on the other hand, time goes fast, and who knows? Yeah. So we might be there really quickly. Well, we're really uh, looking forward to see you on the mat again. And, thank you. I uh, really want to thank you for your time and sharing. Uh, well, your your story and your wisdom with us. And yeah, no uh,
1: problem. I, it's a pleasure. And uh, like, yeah, uh, if you guys want to see more of my techniques and uh, stuff that I'm uh, doing, so check out my YouTube channel, Tarek BJJ. All right. And uh, yeah, I'll be posting there weekly. So what I'm doing is basically the curriculum that I show at my academy. And I think that would be cool.
0: Yeah, great. We'll put a link down in the description of this video. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube for, on our Gee Expert channel, uh, make sure to check out Tarek's, uh, Tarek's videos. Uh, and also, if you, if you like this video uh, and you want to keep watching the next episode, subscribe to the channel. We also have a whole bunch of uh, gear reviews and some technique videos here. Um, so make sure you subscribe here. And after that, the first thing you do is go to Tyrex channel and subscribe there as well if you haven't yet. Also, leave a comment down in the uh, comments below what you thought about this video and perhaps what you would like to see in coming videos or what kind of uh, interviewees you'd like to see. Derek, yeah. thanks a lot again and Thank I you wish so you a much. great day talk to you soon